the 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. Three oh seven on the Central Coast. It is Monday, January twenty second, two thousand twenty four. I'm Dave Congleton, welcoming you to another edition, another week of Hometown Radio. Thanks for hanging out with us. We're here all the way till seven o'clock. We've got a lot of ground to cover. Up first, it's hard to believe that it has been fifty years since Patty Hearst was kidnapped. But we marked the 50th anniversary on February 4th. Our first guest is Roger Rappaport. Roger is an award-winning author, journalist, film producer, author of the brand new book called Searching for Patty Hearst, out this month, available however you get books. Roger is coming to the Central Coast next week for not one but two different appearances. A week from tomorrow, Tuesday, January 30th, he is going to be at the Atascadero Library from 1 to 4.30 p.m., And then the very next day, Wednesday, January 31st, at 6 o'clock, he's going to be at the San Luis Obispo Library Community Room. Details about the book and the author are available online at pattyhurst.com. We welcome Roger Rappaport to the broadcast. Roger, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Dave. It's great to be with you. Thanks for joining us. How did you get the URL pattyhurst.com? I'm amazed by that. That's a good question. Uh, our publisher, who's actually going to be with me for those events, may have the answer. Uh, but he's a pretty creative guy. His name is James Sparling, and he's coming from Chicago for these events. An uh, interesting uh, thing about Patty Hearst, um, I actually wrote a book with the guy she was about to marry. In fact, he was very badly beaten while she was being kidnapped. His name was Steve Weed. Right. Uh, the book didn't quite work out uh, the way there was hoped. But I went on to interview uh, the guy who actually kidnapped her. Uh, Bill Harris, um, for the Oakland Tribune. And then I also interviewed the coroner who autopsied uh, six of the kidnapping group, the Seminese Liberation Army, when they died in a firefight in Los Angeles. And I've continued to cover the case, um, the trial, et cetera. Um, and this book um, is based on a lot of uh, the people that I got to know over the years covering the case. But I'm curious and struck by the fact, Roger, is that this is one of the most important cases in modern California history. And you've done all this research and you know so much about this case. And yet searching for Patty Hearst is a novel, not a traditional nonfiction book. Why that creative choice? Well, uh, the great challenge that faces every storyteller and historian is to get inside people's heads to stand where they stood and see the world as they saw it and to make an informed estimate of their motives and intention, and that is where recorded and recordable history can reach. So what you do every day on your show is talk to people and let your audience decide uh, where the truth lies. You never just 
uh, interview somebody as as journalists do and say, okay, well, I guess that's it. Now we know the real story. Yeah. Um, and um, the quote that I just read to you actually is from a great novelist, uh, Michael Frayn. Uh, but basically the idea is that if people embrace the idea, uh, they keep an open mind and they're willing to listen to all sides of the story, they can decide for themselves whether or not Patty really was a victim of brainwashing or a terrorist. And that is still an open question 50 years later. What do you think? I think that, in my mind, I think that at the time um, that she was um, kidnapped, there is no question um, that she was about as far from the the radical um, uh, politics of the SLA as you could possibly imagine. But she was in a very difficult situation. For various reasons, uh, her family uh, was unable to ransom her, and that didn't go over very well, um, especially when the SLA told her and showed her uh, what her family was worth uh, in the billions. So we're talking here about petty cash in terms of the ransom request. So that was part of the conversion process. Uh, more to the point, uh, after six of the Simonese Liberation Army members died in a firefight, uh, with the Los Angeles police uh, aided by the FBI, she wasn't exactly feeling great about just walking away, which is something she could have done, but she was a little nervous about that. So that obviously influenced her. So um, she was, on the one hand, not ransomed by the family. On the other hand, uh, she was worried about the possibility that she could get hurt, too, if she tried to turn herself in, because remember, uh, a couple months after she was kidnapped, she joined a bank robbery, and her... Uh, Wanted poster was up on post office walls all over the country. Yeah, yeah, and yet they couldn't. It took like a year and a half to find her. What took so long? Well, they did better on that case than they did on Jimmy Hoffa. That's true. But unfortunately, <laughs> uh, the year and a half that it took them to find her uh, on one of the largest manhunts in FBI history uh, indicated exactly how skilled she and the SLA was at avoiding. Avoiding capture, they just couldn't figure it out. Hmm. Uh, we're in conversation with Roger Rappaport. The brand new book is called "Searching for Patty Hearst." Available however you get books. You can find out more about the author and the book online at pattyhearst.com. You have been at this for a long time. Why? What's the appeal of this case for you? Well, I, Dave, I have to tell you a story. Something that happened this week. Um, you know, they say it's never over till it's over. Well, it's not over. Um, I got a call this week uh, from Bill Harris, uh, the guy who kidnapped Patty Hearst, and he was pretty angry at me. Uh, what he was mad about was my cover. It's an AI cover uh, that makes Patty look drop-dead gorgeous. And Bill said to me, you know, Roger, you could have told your publisher to do the AI work on me. I'm the one that really needs a makeover, not her. Uh, but the point is that I continue uh, to stay in touch uh, with people uh, who were central to the case. In fact, one of my own relatives was the judge in a trial uh, in Los Angeles uh, where she was um, arrested uh, and charged with kidnapping of a uh, teenager named Tom Matthews. And uh, so I have a lot of different connections to the case. And it, it's just a story that young people are absolutely fascinated by. And why wouldn't they be? Because essentially what Patty was attacking was the ruling class that she was part of. And one of the things she said at the time was, I've learned about the ruling classes, they'll do anything in power in order to maintain the position of control over the masses, even if that means a sacrifice of one or their own. So even though she recanted, 
um, and went on to write a, a, a book, which she autographed at the San Simeon gift shop, and there was a movie, and she went to Cannes and so forth and became an actress. There's still a lot of people who read what she had to say at the time. Uh, I'll give you an example, Dave. Uh, one of the things that the SLA was really worried about was automation, um, replacing the workforce and putting people on unemployment. Um, they were a little ahead of their time, but yeah. some of the things that we're talking about are um, things that are on your show that you talk about with your guests. Sure, sure. So after 50 years, though, Roger, what what is there left to know about the case? Uh, for example, on your website, uh, pattyhurst.com, you have a very detailed timeline of this story, and it seems to me to be pretty accurate. So what is there left to know about this? Well, actually, believe it or not... Um, there's quite a bit that about the case um, that's never really been fully explored. It came up in the trial. But one of the most interesting things uh, in the trial was Willie Wolf, who was one of the kidnappers, um, that she dumped her fiancé, Steve Weed, the guy I wrote a book with uh, that was never published, uh, for Willie Wolf. And um, when she was arrested, she had a Olmec uh, stone uh, that he had given her, and it turned out that he had been wearing... Uh, that stone um, in all the photographs that were taken of him during the period of uh, Patty's captivity. And so a lot of people have been asking this question. Um, so if, if she claimed in the trial that she'd been brainwashed and had nothing, you know, hated this guy, why was she carrying a token of his love that matched something he was wearing? And those are the kinds of details that the book gets into. Um, it's really interesting, and the author talks that I'm doing, including the two that are coming up, we have a lot of people in the audience um, who've been coming forward with stories of their own, uh, people who knew knew some of these uh, kidnappers and so on, and who met them before the kidnapping. So there's a lot of really fascinating information. Um, one of the fascinating details in this case was Robert Mueller, who did the Mueller report. He was the uh, uh, prosecutor, federal prosecutor in San Francisco at the time that Patty uh, was up for a pardon uh, from Bill Clinton, and he he vehemently denounced the idea that Patty uh, had been brainwashed and claimed that she had acted on her own, you know, that she had decided to rob a bank owned by the father of a childhood friend deliberately, that she wasn't set up. Now, here's another interesting detail. Um, One of the people who died in this case was a woman bringing a church collection uh, into a bank in Carmichael near Sacramento. And um, there were uh, a number of the SLA members were prosecuted and went to jail. Patty drove the getaway car in that case, one of them. Yeah. And after, after this woman died, her family uh, threatened a civil suit, which was settled out of court um, for hundreds of thousands of dollars. And one of the biggest contributions to that settlement uh, was written, uh, the check was written by her father, and Patty was never arrested or charged in that case. Hmm. You mentioned Bill Harris earlier. Whatever happened to him? Well, he served uh, two sentences, one uh, for the bank robbery, and then again uh, he went to jail in the case I just described uh, in Carmichael. And uh, then he, But between that, there was a long gap between those, those two uh, prison sentences. And during that time he became a criminal investigator uh, working uh, as a private eye, basically, for a law firm working on criminal cases, mostly for uh, indigent uh, defendants who, who couldn't afford, um, you know, they were mostly um, p- people that had very little money, um, and he was working on a lot of those cases. Did he ever um, demonstrate or share remorse for what he did? 
That's a very good question. The answer is that, yes, he felt that their, their, their ideology was intact, uh, but he felt that they made a lot of mistakes. Um, now, you know that Patty, when he was being tackled for shoplifting in Los Angeles at a sporting goods store, they had gone shopping on the day that led to this big shootout in, L- in Los Angeles where six of their uh, comrades died. Uh, but they weren't there, and they, they had gone shop, shopping, and Bogle was being tackled, and Patty fired off a couple of dozen rounds on a shotgun to save his life. So he's, he remains um, very grateful uh, to Patty for saving him. Hmm. All right, we are in conversation with Roger Rappaport, award-winning author and journalist and author, author of a brand-new book called Searching for Patty Hearst, available however you get books. Check out everything you need to know online at pattyhurst.com. When we come back, I'll repeat the information about Roger's upcoming appearances, and we'll chat some more. We're live, we're local. This is Hometown Radio. After news at the bottom of the hour, we'll talk about Tom Matson. Meanwhile, we are back with Roger Rappaport, award-winning author and journalist. The new book is called Searching for Patty Hearst, Out and About. More to the point, Roger is coming to the Central Coast next week, Tuesday, 1 o'clock to 4.30, up at the Tascadero Public Library. Wednesday, January 31st, 6 to 7.30 p.m. at the San Luis Obispo Library Community Room. Uh, pattyhurst.com remains the website. Roger, as we continue with you, obviously there's a huge connection between the Hearst family and the Central Coast. You got San Simeon and our library here and the whole influence of the Hearst. That has to be at the back of your mind. Right. And the Atascadero Library, which is the closest library to San Simeon, by the way, Dave, the, the time of that event is 3 o'clock on January 30th. Um, as you know, okay. San Simeon gets 600,000 visitors a year. And one of the reasons that the Hearst decided not to ransom Patty after she was kidnapped was they were warned by the governor and the attorney general that uh, acquiescing could lead to more terrorism. And in fact, during her trial for bank robbery, uh, San Simeon was attacked. Uh, by the New World Liberation Front. Uh, they bombed Casa del Sol, which you can now see on a tour, not the bombing, of course, um, and caused a million dollars worth of damage. And this, by the way, was the cottage where the Hearst family came when they were visiting. So it was a pretty scary moment. Um, there's a tremendous amount of history about the Hearst family um, in, in San Simeon. And as this anniversary date, this 50th anniversary date comes up, there's even more interest today, uh, because the Hearst are such a fascinating family. They are. 11th wealthiest family in America, uh, $21 billion value. Uh, they've done a lot for the community, uh, needless to say, and uh, San Simeon is a national shrine. Uh, many people that don't know the Hearst know San Simeon. It's a great place. And then Cal Poly has a collection, then the History Center. Um, so it's a, it's a fabulous a place for people to come if they want to learn the story of this family, which, by the way, inspired what is widely considered uh, one of the great movies of all time, uh, Citizen Kane. Yeah, 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 yeah. By the way, whatever happened to Patty? I guess she she likes to be called Patricia Hurst. She doesn't like to be called Patty anymore. Whatever happened to her? Where is she now? Well, she went on to become an actress with the Pope of Trash, John Waters, um, a novelist, 
um, murdered San Simeon, um, a mom and a grandmother, um, and um, she's a philanthropist. Uh, but she probably is best known uh, now for her, her string of victories at kennel clubs in the New York area. Um, she's been incredibly successful at that. Um, and I, I would like to say this about the Hearst family, uh, because it comes up a lot. Uh, her grandfather was notorious for his damsel in distress stories uh, about white women who were uh, being kidnapped in various ways and even liberated one with a reporter um, in Cuba who actually broke one, a young woman out of jail and then came back home and wrote about it. But I, but I want to say this about the Hearst uh, uh, Empire because I've written for them for many, many years in different, different publications. Uh, every generation, I think, is better and better. And um, I'm a subscriber to the San Francisco Chronicle, uh, a Hearst paper. It's one of my favorites. Hmm. They're not coming for you, are they, Roger? <laughs> I'm hearing sirens in the background. <laughs> um, I want to make sure I get this right. So Tuesday, January 30th, 3 to 4.30 p.m. at the Atascadero Public Library. That's correct. Wednesday, January 31st, 6 to 7.30 p.m., Slow Library Community Room. Uh, Everything you need to know is at pettyhurst.com. There's a CIA connection to this? Well, there's a lot of theories that the SLA was actually set up by the CIA, uh, that they were informants, that the guy who started the whole thing... Uh, Donald DeFries was, in fact, a, a CIA informer and so on. Uh, that's one of the debatable uh, issues of, on this case, that somehow Patty knew her kidnappers and so forth. I personally uh, don't buy it, but there have been entire books about it. They're fascinating. Uh, they make, make, they make a, a very powerful case based on a lot of hearsay. But nonetheless, um, it's part of the continuing drama that surrounds the case. Well, I'll tell you, as we start to wrap things up, Roger, um... I'm about Patty Hearst's age, and the 70s were, to me, the most interesting. I'm a child of Eisenhower, but the 70s were the most interesting decade that I have lived through. And this story is one of the reasons why. The website is pattyhurst.com. Roger, thanks for joining us. I got about 45 seconds for a final thought. Yes, what I'd like to say, um, if you can't come... Uh, to one of our events, check out pattyhurst.com. There's a timeline there that will introduce you to the story. And by all means, when you listen to this show, be thankful that, that we have this kind of coverage that allows people to make up their own minds, that we don't live in a country where one person is telling the whole story. And that's what's so great about the Hearst, the Hearst story, is it, it opens up a conversation with younger people who learn to do their own homework and make up their own mind about who's telling the truth. Absolutely. Roger, a pleasure to talk to you. Have a safe trip up here next week. Appreciate your time. See you soon. Off we go. We've got uh, California Headline News and ABC Radio News. Craig updates us with Time Saver Traffic and Weather Together. Let's talk about Tom. This is Hometown Radio.
the 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kbec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111 911.